0: Long. Way outside for the three. It's good. It's it. good. So for then by two handed flush from Brittany Griner. Swing
1: it over. They've got to put him up. They don't use it. And yes, the Lumberjacks have done it. Spins. season for texas they finished 34 and 0 the number one ranked team from beginning to end winning their first ncaa championship the first NCAA... hello everybody and welcome to another edition of the texas 24 podcast on the dave campbell's podcast network i'm matthew bruni and joining me once again is ishmael johnson ish um we just potted yesterday mm-hmm. so i just saw you um so i won't ask how you're doing but no. uh we have an uh, an interesting podcast to do today are, are you excited
0: uh a little bit just because you know it's kind of a negative one a little kind of a negative one
1: <laughs> but more more critical one i'll say oh here you go critical that's what it always says whenever you're like hating it's like i'm not hating <laughs> i'm just i'm being critical yeah, i'm just giving them critiques i'm trying to help <laughs> them improve for the future right. um but yeah, we are gonna do a. I guess we it's like a Gone Fishing type podcast, uh, or like a season in season wrap up podcast. Um, yeah. there are are there are obviously a lot of teams that are about to have their seasons end, uh, relatively soon. And with that, obviously, it's tournament time in March, as we talked about last podcast. So we're not gonna have time to like win the season ends for all these teams. Be like, oh, let's do a deep dive into so-and-so season it's like mm, right. no we're gonna get this out the way before the season ends so that way um our thoughts will be on record we'll be able to give a full kind of analysis about um the teams that seasons have ended mm-hmm. um obviously these te- these teams ha- seasons haven't technically ended the teams sure. we're talking about they're still a conference tournament but i'll be honest if any of these teams even make a conference championship or even a semi-final I, th- I will be shocked. Right. So, um, yeah, we're going to look at four men's and four women's teams that disappointed this year. Uh, as we've talked about on podcasts um, prior, the women's basketball has struggled more than the men's this year. Um, so we had a good amount of candidates on the women's side when we're just looking <laughs> at, like, disappointing teams. Uh, but we got four from each side. Uh, I want to start with the women. Let's just name off the four first. The four, in our opinion, probably most disappoint, disappointing teams uh, in the state, again, according to our expectations, according to most people's expectations, are Texas A&M, in no particular order, Texas A&M, Houston, UTEP, and TCU. Yep. Um, first, um, generally speaking, all of them finished under 500. Um, We had really high expectations for at least – the first three I mentioned TCU, mm-hmm. we thought would, you know, be serviceable, but a Houston, UTEP, we all thought could compete for their champion, their conference championship. Mm-hmm. Let's start with Texas AM and because that's the biggest dog here. I mean, Gary Blair's last year coming off of an elite eight appearance, correct? Last year, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. Elite eight. And then it just falls apart. And we thought, but well, going into the year, this was going to be a team that again competed for an SEC, you know. I don't I, they weren't gonna beat South Carolina, but we were like, you know, this is a team that could be right up there, the two mm-hmm. three seeds. And they pretty much fall apart right when they when they lost the TCU. I'll never mm-hmm. forget that. They lose TCU by 20. And we're just like, we come on here, we're like, what is going on? What is Texas AM doing? And that turns out just to be who they are. And I was about to say they just it turns out they're bad. <laughs> yeah and they never turned it around. Uh, we had them going thirteen and five in the uh, before the season started, and we were we were well off of that mark. So mm-hmm. where do you want uh, what's your kind of overview of of and m's season as a whole?
0: um, I think we I mean we can start with the <clears throat> the inside, right? That's kind of where that's kind of where they never found a solution. They lost all their post presence, and it you saw it in the way they played. Um, granted, at the beginning of the year, you know, they looked like they kind of fixed some things, right? They were a better three-point shooting team. Uh, they didn't really have to rely on their inside game. The rebounding was not great, but again, they, they looked like they just kind of like evolved to like, okay, we're going to be perimeter-based this year uh kadasha kadasha hobby was shooting threes really well coming in it was like okay well here here here's kind of the new iteration for what gary blair's last year is going to be and then they got to the sec and just everything fell apart and you had to have size you had to have unless you were an elite shooting team in the sec you have to have size because you're going to run into south carolina you're going to run into lsu you're going to run into these teams that can absolutely bully you inside mm-hmm. and they had no answer i believe they were near the bottom in every rebounding metric in the sec um yeah 11th in offensive rebounding rate uh 13th in offensive rebound allowed per game um 12th in defensive rebounds allowed per game only eighth in uh defensive rebounds that they, that they got per game it and again this is a team and get, we know get, we know gary blair right he wants to play big he wants to be able to play physical and he couldn't do that the, this year they just couldn't do that and then I don't want to blame the guards because it it had to be on their shoulders and it just, it, I think it was a lot on their shoulders. It was a lot on Hoppy. It was a lot on Wells and Nixon and and those girls. So like, I don't want to say like, Oh, they were bad because of them. I was like, that's kind of unfair. I thought they shouldered a lot of the offense and the team really. And I, I that, that's kind of my thing.
1: No, that's definitely where to start. Like, I had little notes for for these teams, and definitely that's the difference. Um, And it's not even that they shot the three-point – it's not even that they shot worse from three, because last year – I'm looking at last year they shot – They didn't shoot many threes last year. Yeah, last year they didn't shoot as many. They shot 37%. Yeah. This year they shot about 100 more – yeah, they shot about 100 more threes on the season, and they shot 37%. So, you know, they're shooting the ball well. The yep. the difference is this year they have a lot less versatility in their mm-hmm. offense. And that's what it is. So it feels like we're either making threes or we're not. Yeah. And there's no post, there's no reliable post present. I've said it before Cindy Roby is is solid, but I think even Gary Blair's like, she can't do this for us like on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. And that's where, you know, even I, I like Aliyah Patty, but it I I don't look at her as being this, you know, dominant force on on the inside. I think she had had seven games in double figures. I mean, she was probably their best post player, but even her, she played 21 minutes. Sydney Robey played 16 minutes. A lot of those were foul trouble too. I I remember when they played LSU and the the girls just got in foul trouble on the inside. They're just not as consistent as you wanted them to be. And so you're right. A lot fell on Wells, Hoppy, Nixon, um, Pitts. And in theory, I still... I still struggle to see how that falls apart so quickly, right? How yeah. does a team with that much guard talent, how are they not able to, to win at, at least a, a decent level here? Because to go four and 12, that's pretty bad. Like there's a lot of teams in the I I've seen almost every team in the sec to this point, and I'm not going to say they're more talented, but, I, I will, I've watched Missouri I've watched Arkansas and I'm like and him was probably more talented than these teams sure so it, it's they're just easier to defend this year they're less versatile um, the guards had a lot on their shoulders like you said, and I, I think for me it comes back to I'll Gary Blair looks like he's pretty much tired. Uh, he looks like he wants to be done to a, to a degree. And I, I'm not saying he's not coaching hard. Um, right. I would never say, you know, anything crazy like that about a legend, but you know, it's his last year. I I just go back to that press conference after the LSU game where I'm just like, where he just was kind of complaining about the portal and all the, the new stuff in college basketball. And it, it, I, I can understand from his perspective why that would be tiring. You have to mm-hmm. like, get through that i mean alexis morris his ex-player lit him up at lsu and that's only possible because the transfer portal right. like she literally went from a A&M, and bench to lsu star because of the transfer portal and mm. he's just like well, i mean that's that's it he's like yeah she would have played a lot for us but i guess she just wanted to go over there and play <laughs> like he just doesn't understand things at this point um yeah. so it, it's a it's a weird dynamic um but and it's uh, it's unfortunate that they had this type of year because we really thought they could uh, be at least pretty pretty good.
0: Yeah, I like that you mentioned the versatility too because it's like last year you know it was more like they had so many players that you just like oh who's who's the one that go to in crunch time Or it was like when you when you have to find a bucket like who's the one because they had so many this year's like oh it's gonna be jordan nixon or it's gonna be you know like it was just like it was clearly last year it could be india jones it could be lee wilson sierra johnson you know it was like oh man they can go inside outside nixon was still there um and this year it's like yeah they got you know what they're going to do. It's going to be somebody on the perimeter. So yeah, um, and yeah, I, I I, go back to that press conference too. He just, I feel like he's somebody who's like, you know. And granted, let's just, let's put it this way: like we we're talking about how how it can get this way. The portal makes it to where, like, if they make the right hire, this can turn around, right? Like, they're still this is still a team that could fix itself right off the bat and be, you know, they're not going to win the SEC probably, but they can compete and get back to the middle of the pack, which. I mean, this is where where a should be. They should be a,
1: a, one of the better teams in the conference. I assume they're. I haven't looked at the recruiting, but I'm assuming their recruiting is going to be perfectly fine. Like I'd right. I'd be shocked if it if it fell off um, to any degree. Now they might lose some some kids when when he retires, but I mean, right. we, they've known that he's retiring. I guess the entire year, so it's not like a shock at this point. Right. All right. Next team we have is Houston. Uh, Houston women's basketball before the year. Uh, we had houston it would help if i highlighted these here we go houston women we had you had at 14 and 2 i had a 13 and 3 oh <laughs> um, got the, they barely got the 14 wins total <laughs> yeah 14 and 13 overall 7 and 8 in conference i still remember like watching this team versus uta and just being like oh man this team and uta man they're gonna they're going to run their conferences. They're going to have really good years. It went in two different directions. <laughs> very, very direct different directions there. Um, really, the, the story of the year is this losing stretch from January 15 to really January 30th, where they lost six, five straight. Mm. And some. a lot of them were by five or less, or three mm-hmm. of them were by five or less. And you're just like, if you can pull out some of those games, maybe you, this is a different year, but... They didn't. And as a result, they just never found their footing. But we always, and I still think to this day, they still have the talent mm-hmm. to play with anybody. Like they just blew out SMU by 30. And SMU is a whole different case. SMU went basketball is the weirdest, like <laughs> up and down team right. probably in the state. But regardless, uh, Houston and SMU six and six on the year now. Houston seven and eight. Houston blows them out. Houston blows out Temple after I think losing to Temple yeah, after losing the tempo in that stretch that that I mentioned. So I'm just never going to say this team's not talented because Brittany um, Bria Patterson, like we I watched this team play. Uh, Layla Blair was probably a disappointing, had a disappointing season, but like still there's there's a lot of talent on this team. And so I, I think disappointing is probably a good word to describe the year.
0: Yeah, I think Layla Blair took kind of a, a plateau or a step back this year. Um, I kind of expected her to be, Somebody who definitely. I mean, last year she was one of the better, better players in the state who kind of was unsung. uh, This year, thirty percent from the floor, um, you know, twenty-six percent from three. She's taken a lot too. She's taking about five threes a game, and I wonder how much of that is just like she needs to. Because like I don't, I don't see, I don't, I don't, I didn't see the other scores kind of emerge on this team, Mm -hmm. and so I wonder how much of this is just like she has to try and score a lot. Um, Bria Patterson's not really still not scoring that much and yeah it's kind of weird like this team this team struggles defensively and they foul a lot that puts them in weird situations where they foul a lot and like i'm going to say they're they're bottom in this in the conference and i want to say towards the bottom in the nation and like foul rate and like foul and like free throws given up like they're i don't know and that's that to me that's bad defense like just like that's you're putting yourselves in bad positions to where like i got a foul right like you you're in somebody's not in position somebody's not in in uh uh in the lane of a ball carrier and so like they they get to the lane and they got a foul they're late or something that's always what that's an indication of to me when you're consistently uh bad at fouling or giving up a lot of fouls that's just positioning and yeah i it's just like it, it, it's a compounding effect of, of bria patterson probably taking a step back probably hard trying to do too much overall defense being bad they're rebounding fine like they're they're like towards the middle of the country and and in, in rebounding to overall they don't give up many offensive boards um but yeah i mean it, the i think the other things are so so drastically bad um let me see yeah they're 309th in free throw rate allowed out of 356 yeah and that's crazy they gamble. Like, see, here's the thing. Like, the other thing is they gamble a lot. They're 23rd in steal rate and 29th in steals per game and 30th in block rate. Like, they,
1: they're jumping the like, home fakes.
0: Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, exactly. That's... are blocking <laughs> They try to fouling. shot block everything and they're just fouling everybody. But, like, typically, when you see a team that's gambling like that, you're typically good at avoiding fouls, right? Because you can turn the ball over and you, you're, that's like a part of the, the, the defenses where like, you can turn the ball, like uh, Tarleton, Tarleton, yeah. like, you know, like they'll just play, they play chaotic, but like they can force a turnover, but they're not fouling as much. So I don't know. They're, they're turning the ball over and they're fouling a lot. So it's just kind of like you can't win games that way. If you're allowing like 20 free throws a game, basically.
1: Yeah. Uh, I will say this is one of two teams that I think we're going to cover today that I, I think has a chance of making a small run. In, yeah. in their tournament because the American is not impressive, really. Right. To a degree. Like, you have your top three, UCF, South Florida, Tulane, 11 and 13 wins. And then there's just a drop-off. And SMU is technically fourth at seven and six. And then Houston's technically fifth at seven and eight. Temple's seven and eight as well. And then you have another drop-off to where everybody else has five or less wins. <clears> so it's like – I mean, Houston should win their first game against whoever they play, like Wichita or East Carolina, and then the second round they'll probably earn the quarters. They'll probably play like SMU, right? In like a four-five in theory, or a Temple, who they just beat. So it's like, okay, they can make the semis, and then you'll play UCF, and your season's over. But right. at that point, you know, they won a couple games, so that that this is a team that maybe could get to the semis if uh if all goes right but at this point um it's still a less than stellar season because you know look at it. if they if they did go even 12 and 4 in conference we're talking about a team that's competing for second in the conference, in in the right. american instead of yeah.
0: fifth. i mentioned uh i mentioned 20 free throws per game i didn't realize how bad it was
1: uh 15 or
0: team shot 15 or more free throws 18 times this year against houston <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's that's tough. That's very tough. Um, All right, let's get to the next team we have here. Is UTEP? Oh man, man, this is this is tough. What did we have UTEP going? I know I had UTEP going. I think we had Um, UTEP like picked to win the conference. Basically, I I did. Oh, I did. I did. UTEP women. We both had them at fifteen and three. Oh my god. UTEP ends up going fourteen and twelve overall and is currently six and ten on the year. I this, this is this is this is a team that perplexes me. This is yeah. a team that that genuinely has me very confused um, as to how this all kind of happened because I was in the same boat with them in North Texas and like, oh, what is what's the problem here? North Texas at least picked up six wins in a row to close out the year. Yeah, they got on the streak. UTEP has lost five of their last six. Like, and they, they, needed OT, they needed OT to beat Southern Miss. Yeah, like barely, barely beating Southern Miss, uh, getting blown out by UAB, blown out by La Tech, blown out by Marshall. Again, they they beat North Texas, which I, I don't understand. Um, <laughs> they beat UTSA twice. I'm just like, I, it's it, it's a better, it's probably a better conference USA West that I had given credit for. Going mm-hmm. into the year, going into the year, I didn't know how good Southern or La Tech or UAB were, and they're not bad. But this, this, this division was theirs for the taking. I still believe that them or North yeah. Texas to no. take because there's nobody in here that there's nobody in the West that warrants like that's gonna win like ten. Is there a t- team that's gonna win ten games in the West? I don't, I don't even think so. I don't think so. Yeah um or i'm sorry maybe not 10 maybe like 11 or 12 but because i know north texas was fighting for the top spot and they were like 500 i mean latex nine and seven that's the closest one okay so there you go um that's what i'm saying this this is this is a very very disappointing year because i feel like it's it's not asking too much for them to win this division Mm -hmm. and they didn't even come close they're six and ten
0: yeah i i think the biggest issue well Aside from defense, this team can't get any stops.
1: Um, you know, that's just,
0: that's been my biggest thing. They're struggling on the defensive boards. They're struggling. I think they're towards the bottom in field goal percentage of the conference. I think they are last actually, um, allowing 42%, almost 43% from the floor. They're last in three point percentage defense, um, just overall bad. But if you want to look at something that I think is the biggest glaring weakness is I think Katia Gallegos took a step back um she's down on basically every one of her every one of her numbers from last year field goal percentage assists her turnovers are staying the same and she's getting less assists so it's almost it's almost a one-to-one turnover assist ratio for her right now um she's not getting rebounds she's you know and when you when you have a player and, and she was the reason why let's clarify like she was the reason why we the biggest reason why we picked them to win the conference um,
1: i was told but i was told by by a coach in the conference not an assistant coach in the conference yeah. like katia Gaios might be the player of the year like katia Gaios, that utep team i yeah. was being told that utep team is probably one of the best teams in, in the conference pretty yeah. comfortably
0: and so i want like i don't i don't know i i wonder if it's just a lot on our plate but then again like they brought back a lot of people so like it wasn't like it was just her with like a new cast so I don't know like again she almost dropped 10% in field goal percentage like from 44 to 35% um 51% from 2 to 38% from 2 33% from 3 to 29% from 3 like just a again the defense was bad so I'm not trying to blame it everything on her but like yeah. if you want to pick like I think one of the biggest things is that their best player took a step back and I wonder if she was battling injury. You know, I don't know um, because that's such a drastic. It's a drastic drop from like all of her numbers throughout her career, right? It's not just like a one year thing. Um, and so I don't know. Uh, that I think that's the. If you want to put like a, a a little a little mark, see like what summarized UTEP's year, and it was like, I mean, their best player took a step back.
1: Yeah, and it doesn't. I mean, injuries don't even look as far as like the big picture thing. I mean. Mm-hmm they had pretty much the same starting lineup the whole year. I mean, there are four other players that started games. Right. It, I mean, that happens with everybody up at this point in the year. Sure. It's not like there was like 10 players that started eight games or something like that. Like, this is pretty normal. And defensively, I just remember watching them in the Conference USA tournament last year and being like, oh, this team is solid, solid. Like, this, this is a team that – like so i was using my eyes and my intuition as well in this and it was just all wrong just mm-hmm. all wrong so really perplexing year for utep uh women's and uh disappointing like i said because they should have been in, in at least at the very least in the picture to win this division and they were not even close so
0: mm-hmm. and now they uh i want to say now they're going to more or less not rebuild but like you know this is i don't know what to expect because like if they bring back a lot of these players you know like you know do i expect them to kick back up yeah. you know like i don't know <laughs> their their expectations for next year is going to be really fascinating because i do think let me see she's i mean Katya gagas is only a sophomore you know i think she's i think it's a covid eligibility thing so she might be technically a junior whatever regardless she has another year you know i, I don't know what to expect from this team now
1: yeah we will see, but that's a uh, definitely a team we're gonna look at it over the offseason. Uh, last women team, the last uh, team on the women's side we have is TCU. Mm-hmm. Let's see what we had them going before the year. TCU women, you had you had them at nine and nine, I had them at eight and ten. They end the year <sighs> six and nineteen overall. Oh, we yeah. were close, we were close. Two and fourteen <laughs> in conference play. But they beat A and M. Give them a they shout did out. Beat A&M. They beat A and M at home. That was a fun game. Yep. Shout out to the the Horned Frogs for winning that one. And then and they then, just got
0: their butt kicked by everybody else.
1: And then they had a COVID pause. Yeah. All right, they had a COVID pause from December twelfth to the, to January second. They come back from the COVID pause, get blown out by SMU, blown out by Iowa State, blown out or no, don't get blown up by Kansas, but lose to Kansas. So they lose He's those three. And then they beat Oklahoma State, and then they beat Tech, Texas Tech because Texas Tech does that. And they pretty much didn't win a game. Yeah, no, they haven't won a game. When, when was when, – what date was that Texas Tech win? Uh, January was, 19th was so the last, last win. win. <laughs> and so since oh, they've lost – what is this? 1, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11? 11, 11 in a row?
0: Coming up on two months of, of, uh,
1: of L's. That's, that's rough. Eleven straight losses. So this was a team that was six and eight at one point. You know, two and three, and now they are two and fourteen in conference. With their last games being against Texas Tech and Kansas State. Please, Texas Tech, let them win. (laughs) Please, y'all are not on this list, and I will not go another. We cannot go two months without without a win. That is that's rough. (laughs) We cannot please let TCU win, Uh, but just again, generally with this TCU team. We looked at them as two players going into the year, right? Mm-hmm. Lauren Heard and I had Tavi Diggs on here. Mm-hmm. Lauren heard, um didn't shoot the ball great to I mean, and her scoring was significantly off. Like it's probably her worst year Ooh, in a long, long time. Um she averaged 14.6 points per game on 35% shooting. Yeah, six boards, uh had more turnovers than assists. Tavi Diggs. that uh, we were like early and they were like, man, why isn't she starting? She's a, she's a good player. Ends up only averaging six points. And it, it, it's kind of like what it's, it feels like to me, you know, if you go back and you look at past seasons, you'll see Lauren heard averaging, you know, 20 plus points last year. She averaged 21.2, but not a single player. Tavi Diggs was at 9.6, but nobody was in double figures with her Mm -hmm. this year it kind of feels like that whole, I don't even know what NBA player to liken it to. Cause I want to compare it to like James Harden or something where like, he just kind of doesn't have help. So much usage on their own. Eventually, you know, it just kind of wears you down. And now we're at the point where she's a graduate senior. She's been doing this for so many years. Yeah. He's puts up 15. And again, it's another year where nobody else averages double figures with her. Right. It's like at some point, I'm not saying you have to get her help, but you have to, you have to, as a team, step your game up and, and help her out. So that, that's the disappointing thing with TCU. We were hopeful that they could find other pieces to help Lauren. And, you know, I think it's probably just wore, wore her down to a degree because this is a, this is one of her, her worst years. I probably will say, I mean, if you look at her numbers the past three years, like, let's say 2020 she averaged 18 um and that team won 22 games and they had two other players in double figures and jc bradley had 9.6 points like i don't know there's just that's kind of what our concern was with this team is can lauren heard shoulder that load again the answer was no but also she shouldn't have to shoulder this load for three straight years
0: yeah i mean the defense i mean the the offense offensive rating took a plummet like i want to say they're down they're like from 90 to 82 in the offensive rating their defensive rating got worse um their net their overall net rating dropped like i think let me see from from minus 5 to minus 17 um yeah it it was a rough year and then it didn't help that i think the big 12 I think Texas was more definitely more consistent this year and that did, that definitely didn't help. So like they had another power to kind of deal with um, when they were Texas was kind of up and down last year before the tournament. And I mean Iowa State was what they were and then you know they beat Tech but I don't know. I I, I don't know if the Big 12 was more was harder or what, but regardless I agree they shouldn't they they definitely should not have had a had to rely on, on Lauren Hurd as, as much as they should have. And, yeah, I mean, defensively, they weren't good. They couldn't get stopped still. Um, and we, we kind of figured, like, you know, last year was a kind of a, a unfair rebuilding year because we talked about how their senior heavy team kind of got screwed with COVID. Um, so last year was kind of an abrupt rebuild. And I just don't see how you go from that to more. Or less kind of I think uh the same similar experience team and getting worse yeah you know
1: that will always be the perplexing thing to me because it happens every year where the team just kind of runs it back and they just don't hold it up so yeah. um I mean and we'll talk the about sad...
0: that with rice on the men's side so
1: yeah no, we will <laughs> um yeah the sad thing is it's just kind of looks like it's really really over if you look at their last like six losses it's 25 yeah. 35 19, 25, 23, 19, 15. like it's just it's over at this point. Mm-hmm. so yeah, we'll see. Hopefully they beat Texas Tech on the road. <laughs> Go horn frogs. <laughs> That's all the uh, women's teams here. Um, we have or the four most uh, more the four we have for the most part. Uh, to the men's side,, <clears throat> Abilene Christian. Rice, Prairie View, and UTSA. I included UTSA in here to my own <laughs> discretion. Uh Abilene Christian is the first one we're okay. gonna talk about here. 18 and 9 and 9 and 7 overall. If you look at that, you're like, yeah, it's not that's not that's not that bad. And they are probably the one team again, they are along with Houston, they're a team that maybe could make the semifinals of their tournament. And if you looked at our preseason prediction, it's actually not far off. Preseason we had them at 11 and 7 and 12 and 6. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're probably going to finish like 10 and 8. So it's not a huge drop off. But if you've watched this team and you've seen their kind of results, there's definitely a window for them to have been better. Because early in the conference season, it looked like they weren't quite ready. They come out, they beat Utah Valley by four. Cool. Beat Dixie State. Cool. And then they lose five straight games. To SFA, Sam Houston, Grand Canyon, New Mexico State, and Seattle. Those are the pretty much the top five teams in the WAC.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the my the reason why they're on this list to me is because Sam Houston State took a step up with the yes. conference. SFA took a step up with the conference. Abilene Christian did not. And that's why they're on this list. Because again, if you would have told me before the year they went, they go 10 and 8 in conference. I'm like, okay, that's not that's not bad but I also would have assumed Sam Houston to be not this good SFA to have maybe taken a small step back. And I mean, even Tarleton's fighting in in this conference, like there's, I just when in the context of this year, I can't look at Sam Houston state, like losing to Sam Houston state twice, losing to SFA twice, like, and then also struggling at times in conference, like, it's been a disappointing year to me, uh, for, for Evelyn Christian.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Um, and we talked about it a little bit, right. This is what I think this is overall what happens when you lose the Joe Pleasant and the Colton Cole, Col- Col- Cole, um, when you lose, because their offense, their offense wasn't great last year, but they had an identity, right. With that inside game. Um, and I want to say, I mean, and the weird thing is like Joe Pleasant isn't even like doing great at Wichita State either. <laughs> He's yeah. averaging like two points a game. Um, but I think they also hurt with their lack of defensive uh, inside because Colton Cole, they were Colton Cole and pleasant allowed those guys and those guards to be aggressive on the perimeter. And they're still aggressive on the perimeter. They're forcing a lot of turnovers they uh We mentioned fouls. They're still not fouling that much. Actually, I think they're actually fouling more than last year, but they're still forcing a lot of turnovers. They're still very aggressive, very energetic, but they don't have the inside presence of a Colton Cole to be like, okay, if they do get, if somebody gets past Reggie Miller, right? They got to deal with 7 foot shot blocker. They don't have that this year. Um I want to say they're they're down to 269th in effective field goal percentage when they were 110th last year, right? In offense and on on offense. They're down on defense to 253rd in effective field goal percentage when they were 22nd last year in defensive field goal percentage. So yeah, I I think part of it is and part of it is like trust me, they're not getting like it's a deeper conference. So like they're playing better teams. And so sure it was going to go down a little bit because you're playing teams that can attack, attack the the defense a little bit better, but I don't think that drastic of a, I wasn't expecting that drastic of a drop from, uh, from this defense.
1: They are the shortest team in the country. Did you know that? Yeah. They're the shortest team in the country. And so that kind of explains that they are 332nd in block percentage (laughs) <laughs> uh, when you lose a seven-footer in Colton Cole, that will uh, that will happen. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, you you laid it out well. I mean, the defensive drop is stark. Last year, they were um, they were overall 26th in defense. This year, they're 108th. It's kind of what their their calling card is and was. If you just look at their their games against top 200 opponents in the comp, or in this season. Mm-hmm. They are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I think they're two and nine. Yeah, they're two, three and nine, three and nine against top two hundred teams in the country. That's not gonna get it done. So, nope. yeah, that is. It's a disappointing year. Uh, we'll we'll see again. Maybe they can make a semifinal. I, I'm assuming they're they're what eighth, right now in the conference, sixth right now in the conference. Let's see. Uh. Six. They are. Yeah. One. Two, One. No, seventh. Well, they're yeah. yeah, they're seventh. And they're tied with Tarleton for seventh. So they could even drop to eighth. Yeah. No, it's gonna be tough. Um, I don't see it, but you know, this is uh so yeah, not a great year from from them, but they are in a better conference. Maybe they'll get some uh pick up the recruiting a bit, and also you know, first year under Brett uh Tanner with mm-hmm. Joe Golding being gone so. We'll see. Next up on my list is Rice. Oh man, team that I wrote off about two weeks into the season, and boy, <laughs> I was right. Oh, give you were me my so flowers. quick with that shovel. Give me my flowers. November twelfth, twenty twenty one. They lose seventy nine to forty six to Houston. They were down like what was it in the first half? Forty four to fifteen in the first half against Houston. And I said, I came on this podcast that you can we can look it up. I said, it's done. Rice is done. Ish laughed at me. Ish said, Oh, they're (laughs) not done. Give them a chance. I said, No, don't write them off in November. I said, They are done, (laughs) November 12th. The the season started November 9th. November 12th, I was like, nah, they're done. It's over. (laughs) to Just get them out of here. I don't want to hear anything about rice anymore. And then ish was right they won a couple games you're like okay maybe they can do something here they beat uh marshall who we didn't know was awful at the time they beat uab and you're like okay hold maybe. on and they beat middle tennessee not for nothing middle tennessee is at the top of the east
0: yeah
1: so we're like, like okay, maybe, maybe 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 we have to respect them a bit and then they go on and they lose five straight conference games um they actually just beat southern miss in overtime which shouldn't count as a win because southern miss is God off. Not good. Um, So, technically, they've lost six in a row. UTEP, <laughs> North Texas, UAB, FIU, who's also not good, La Tech, Southern Miss. And now they have UTEP and UTSA. It's kind of what you mentioned. It's, they returned, the same team from last year, and they added Carl Pierre, who might be their best player this year. Yeah. And Scott Paris still can't win any like meaningful games in in conference play they're seven and nine and i will not be picking them to win many games in the conference tournament but yeah again it's a team that we're like maybe that could get hot because they can shoot the ball at a really really high clip but at the same time they don't defend like you and me could go out there and score 70 points on them so I I just think it, this is a very very disappointing year for Rice, who we expected to be a contender with UAB, LAD Tech, North Texas. Like we expect them to be close to that caliber. That mix, yeah. We had them at ten and eight, nine and nine going into the year, and that's at least respectable. Here they True. they better beat UTEP and UTSA, but even if they do, it's still a disappointing year to me.
0: Yeah, they I mean like. They just have no. Because I saw I saw their Latex game this past weekend, and they gave Latex a run. Uh, I think they lost 83-79. Latex pulled away late, but like they just, they're just so one note. They don't. They have nothing inside, like nothing. And I mean, like not even inside the paint, inside the three point arc. They don't take mid. They don't. They don't have anybody that gets a mid range bucket. Right. It's all threes. It feels like. Um, And it, again, that can work if you're Villanova, right? That can work if you're shooting the lights out and they're not a bad shooting team. They're they're 38th in field goal in three-point percentage, right? That's pretty solid. They're about 37%. And for a team that shoots a lot, that's not bad. But when you look at the fact that they're 107th in two-point percentage, right? Like you can be a high, you can be a great, a a solid three-point shooting team if you're average about, at at in at, at twos but if you're bad at twos and you're only getting threes like i don't know it, the, the math will will sway in your favor in some games right you'll push a lot tech you'll beat uh you'll beat a marshall you'll beat a, a metal tennessee you'll beat a uab but then like north texas they'll be like yeah sure to, you know we'll just clamp up three point we'll just cramp clamp up a three-point line and make you two shoot twos like and you'll put up 44 right um there's no what what they put up, they put a they put a 43 and 42 in both their games against north texas like north texas like yeah you're not shooting threes against us i don't know what you're <laughs> i don't know what you want like find another texas, shot
1: i think texas state's a good example too when early yeah. in the year when they played texas state and texas state didn't even have isaiah small and i was watching the game like texas state's going to win this game like <laughs> right. they're just they're going to win they scored it scored 80 points texas state scored 80 points on rice yeah. Um. If you look at the the conference only filter on on Kempom, it's funny because they they block the least amount of shots in the conference, and they get mm-hmm. their sh- shot blocked the most in conference. And I just think that's hilarious because yeah. it go- it goes to your point. When they go inside the arc, they have no game. It's just it's getting nothing. blocked. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they they shoot. <laughs> um. Like, are they are they even at the free throw line? Let me see where this free throw attempt. They're they're average middle of the pack on free throw attempt. They're not getting any offensive rebounds. Like. I don't know. I I I it's the old it's the
0: old uh, Charles Barkley. What's the you live by the three and die by the three? Like it's like I always hate that expression because like obviously modern basketball's changed so much, but like this is like this is the evidence of that, like to me. Like you look at their wins, you look at their losses, what are their wins? They've probably made 12 or more threes, and their losses are they've probably made like five.
1: <laughs> I just don't understand. This is this is this isn't a hot seat podcast. Scott Parra, I—I mean, they've literally been like bottom two, like they've been 280 or worse in defense each of yeah. the past six years, five mm-hmm. years since he's taken over. Yeah. Since he's taken over, every year 280 or worse in defense. I—I I don't understand how you can win games like that, and even the offense is being 109th. If your defense is 308th, like it is this year, you're not winning games consistently you're not right. so um it's pretty pretty nasty because i expected this team to be at least potent at least mm-hmm. i expect them to be potent because they returned just so much talent evie olivari mullins fiedler add pierre uh return abracombi um leipert i don't know and i wonder like Jeffield. you know because he
0: Para was was promo- i think he was promoted from that team that went to the cbi a couple years ago um and so i wonder if it was like well, I, I know for sure it was a continuity hire, right? It was like, they went to the CBI, they made a good run. And I was like, okay, well, Mike Rhodes goes to I think VCU. And so I was like, okay, well, we're, let's keep it going. And like, there is something to be said. Let me, let me make it clear, right? There's bad basketball. This isn't bad basketball, right? Let's put it that way. There's bad basketball. Like I've suffered, there are teams that are bad to watch, right? Rice isn't bad to watch. They're just baffling because they have glaring flaws and- if a team stops that one thing, they're done. I wonder how much of it is like, how much of it is like, yeah, sure. We'll take being average as long as we're like not boring or bad. Right. I don't know how much of it is. In is. I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I'd rather be this bad. I'd rather be boring or average in, or not boring, average in this way than being like just awful to watch. Yeah because i've seen like trust me there have been some texas state teams that have been bad to watch where i'm like i cannot watch this team play basketball yeah there were no some teams too yeah exactly and it's like i can at least see the frustrating part is like you know it it this is probably as good as it's going to get because this is an experienced team but like there is something to be said about like this isn't necessarily bad basketball to watch it's just a, like disappointing
1: right yeah so um. yeah i I don't know. It's, I agree, though.
0: It's 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 you know what they gonna what they're gonna we're gonna talk about another school. We're gonna kind of question what they're gonna do next. But if this
1: is the ceiling for Rice under Para, it's kind of like uh, I don't know. <laughs> no, the disheartening thing is that everybody else in the conference is getting better. Like the conference yep. as a whole is getting better, and okay. Rice is regressing. So we'll see what's next for them. Uh, maybe they can win these next two games and sneak a win in the tournament, but. I'm not banking on it. So next up, Prairie View A&M. hate to do it to Prairie View. One of my good friends graduated from Prairie View. So mm-hmm. hopefully he doesn't listen to this. Um, <laughs> the thing is, they started off the year, and so I don't want to look at their overall record. It's mm-hmm. really only about their conference because we, we've talked about their start to the year before about how uh, a lot of SWAC teams have to go through that go- type of gauntlet on the road just for money and yep. to kind of survive. That's nothing new
0: every blue moon you'll get a you know texas southern over florida but yeah, that's not texas the, that's, that's the
1: exception <laughs> exactly but in conference play we had them going 15-3 and 16-2 because there was no real indication that they would take a step back right they took a step back, step back. Um, pretty pretty substantial step back um <laughs> they're now 7 and 9 uh, the first game against Grambling is listed as a forfeit. I, I remember at the moment something weird. I don't remember exactly what happened, but let's let's just skip over that. Uh, lost to Southern, who ended up going on to be the um, I think they are are they the conference champ still? Uh, no, Alcorn, Alcorn, Alcorn State. What a yeah. weird year in the SWAC. Yep. But yeah, and then they uh, the loss to Mississippi Valley State is the one for me. It's January eighth. Yep. I think that kind of shows tell, told us. I think everything we need to know because Mississippi Valley State. Let's see where they are in I'm just gonna scroll straight to the bottom. Yep, 350th in the country.
0: Ooh. How how
1: how many teams are there in the country? Three hundred fifty-eight, <laughs> <laughs> and they are 350th. I um that that's probably the first red flag. Mm-hmm. But then the losses continue to stack up and i'm sorry mississippi state valley state is 355th Their only two wins the entire year the entire year are against prairie view and alabama state yep but yeah no i mean i think you can you can
0: you can chalk this one up to defense they're just bad on defense juan daniels is scoring fine um i think actually all their guys are pretty uh jeremiah gambrel scoring fine like Juwan Daniels is almost shooting forty-eight percent from the floor. Like he's fine, thirty-eight percent from three. Um, they just they're they're, they're bottom in the conference in like basically every defensive almost uh, every defensive metric. And uh, yeah, I it boils down to they're not able to get stops. And then you look at Alcorn and Southern taking a step forward, and they kind of get pushed pushed to the middle of the pack.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm on their Ken Palm Conference filter. They are first in the conference in three-point percentage, first in offensive rebound percentage. First in free throw attempt rate, and last in turnover percentage. Yeah. So that that'll that'll do it. Where you're turning the ball over 24 percent of your possessions, and you're not even getting a shot up. Like that should be the, that should be that. And I see that with LSU this year, like in over here, where like they have a super high turnover percentage, mm-hmm. and Will Wade's just like get the ball on the rim, and we can you know get an offensive rebound or at least right, get right. a chance here. Like just get a shot on the rim and have a Please. have a hope. But um, yeah. So that that's kind of. But you're right though. The defense is is the main thing, uh, letting them down in conference play. So, yeah, disappointing year for Prairie View coming off of a great year, and you know them and Texas Southern being a t- being on top. Uh, Texas Southern's still been okay, um, mm-hmm. a top you know in the in the top tier of the conference. But Prairie View took a pretty significant step back. So we'll see if they can do bounce back next year. Last team we're gonna be talking about is UTSA, who we actually had. UTSA, and this is why they're on the list. UTSA men six and twelve and five and thirteen overall. Now I understand we didn't want, we didn't want to be too negative with any of the teams before sure. the season. You know, we were like, I don't think we had a single team winning less than four games. Yeah, we didn't have a single team winning less than four games in conference, and that was yeah. UIW. Um,
0: well, but... they were also they were fifteen and eleven last year
1: overall. Like
0: it was, they were just like average last year. They weren't bad. <laughs>
1: We thought and I thought,
0: yeah,
1: there's no way Scott Henson doesn't Steve at Hinson. least yeah, wait, what was the name? Steve Henson. You said Steve Scott. Hinson. I
0: think you, you combined Scott Perra
1: and Steve Henson. <laughs> yeah, all the coaches I'm mad at right now, just combine them. There's no way that Henson is only as good as Javon Jackson and Keaton Wallace, but right. by God, he is. He's only as good as Javon Jackson and Keaton Wallace because nothing else worked out. What an awful team. Just they've lost they, they lost a player, gained a player back, and then lost another player. Jordan <laughs> Ivy Curry <laughs> they, 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 has transferred out. For those who don't know, uh, they're probably one of their well, definitely one of their best players. Um, yeah. probably my the best player in my opinion. They've had some decent performances from Jude Ding and some Jacob Germany well, performances. Speaking of Jude,
0: that's a guy who left and then came back. Yeah, yeah. He left the team in the beginning of the year and then came back like a week or two later. Like this team, I don't know what's happening at UTSA. There's, I have no idea.
1: They are 322nd in offense, 286th in defense. They're 355th in effective field goal percentage. Like, I'm astounded astounded by how bad this team is here's
0: the here's a lot of it there, there's a lot of issues with the program overall like not just steve henson like we've talked about it before the convocation center sucks yes right like it is the worst basketball facilities they i don't say facilities overall but it's probably the worst gym by yes. far a home gym in the state um they're moving to the ac that's not gonna fly right this these facilities are not gonna fly with that being said Steve Henson baseball. I don't know if you've seen UTSA baseball. They yeah. play on like a middle school field. It's all, i went to a game. It's all. And they, they just beat the number two team in the, in the country yeah. <laughs> in Samford, like a couple of days ago. Like, so facilities, yes, facilities are not great. Right. Yes. I, it's probably frustrating that football just unlocked like a million dollar indoor facility. That's probably frustrating. Cause you're, you know, you're still in a complication center and all the but baseball is making it work. <laughs> right. Like, and by the way before football got that, exactly. uh, that facility they were winning games and they were making it work it, it, it's got it like i feel like this has got to, this has got to change right you're going to the aac you're going to be playing houston and memphis and smu and wichita state and,
1: and still north Cincinnati. texas
0: <laughs> yeah north still north texas right you're watching yeah exactly You're up just up the road on i-35 you're watching a team just like wipe the floor with the conference and like setting themselves up for even if their coach gets hired away to hire another top coach to come in and keep things going like they have the money and yeah i always i wondered if like holding on to steve henson was a financial thing where it was yeah. like we can't afford to, to let him go because they extended him right a while a couple of while back and so like going to the ac looking at the city, looking at the arena looking at the facilities it, it's it's bad right now man yeah and like again we we and and to look at the the other thing was like I think it's another indictment. The women are at least like, th- there's no reason why the women should be more competitive than the men right yeah, now. That's crazy. And they are, <laughs> and they're probably better considering what they have in comparison to what Steve Henson's had there for a while. The fact that Karen Aston just like slapped together a team is like, yeah, we're at least competitive. Like <laughs> they just, she just threw together a bunch of players and we're like, yeah, we're just going to roll the ball out and actually be pretty, pretty fine. Right. It's they're, like
1: Steve they're... Henson. It's like Steve Henson woke up one morning. and was like, Oh man, it's gonna be a good day of practice with with Javon and Keaton. And he shows up and they're gone. You're like, wait. So you just see Jacob Germany and it's like, oh man, where'd where'd everybody go? He's like, wait. I'm looking at it
0: right now. I'm looking at it right now. UTSA women, they're second in the conference in field goal percentage defense, second (laughs) in the first year under Karen Aston. Like they have an identity, they're doing something well, right? And so, and they're in the same facilities as you are. (laughs) Probably get worse time and worse like hours to use the facilities too. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um, so I don't know. You yeah, you bring up a good point. Yeah, we, we uh,
0: expected this team to be average because they brought everybody back, and they're well below average. They're bad.
1: They're they're just, they're awful. They're absolutely awful. Um, Kim Palm has them at three seventeen in the country. They have one win over a top two hundred fifty team in the country, and that was against Sam Houston, where I don't Sam Houston was doing something weird over there. I don't know, but uh, um. Yeah, the rest of their wins are against like three fifty eight, three forty six. I mean, they beat Lamar by six, right? Like, cool. They beat a a an AI school by ten. Like, they beat Denver by they beat fourteen. Commerce by three. They beat Commerce D two. Commerce is D two. Come on, like no, they, they that was the game they they lost to Commerce. They that's lost right. They did Converse lose. It was on, the buzzer beater. Buzzer beater. Yeah, it was the
0: buzzer beater. You're right. Wow. I forgot they lost a commerce in the convocation center <laughs> in the <laughs> they
1: should have it blown it up on the spot. They should have been like buzzer goes in all right everybody leave boom we're blowing it up <laughs> demolition. I don't know anyone
0: that likes that gym. Like I don't know anyone. Like I don't know listen, I want to get Steve Henson off the record talking about that gym.
1: Yes, no. I I've been I mean as someone and UIW has awful gym too. Yeah. I mean god. But as someone who's been in san antonio they've built a nicer high school gym not too far away from like a, it's it's a district gym it's not like a you know school gym yeah but it's yeah a district it's like gym. san antonio or northeast yeah, isd it's, I it's, I no, think so. uh it's for north side isd north side yeah Psh, utsa should just play there it looks it looks way nicer why not i'm just like, like
0: you you shoot free throws and you're shooting at a wall on both sides like you're, you're just shooting practice shots shooting basically
1: it's that's crazy she I hate it.
0: It's it's awful. So, so yes. Like, long story short, yes. Yeah, Steve Henson did let us let let what it was a letdown here, but there's a lot more wrong with that program than just Steve.
1: Henson. Yes, no, hundred percent, one hundred percent. So
0: he's gonna be he's probably gonna go on to be an assistant coach again, a good assistant coach, or probably get another head coaching job down the line, right? And he might be better. Who knows? But there's just so much wrong with UTSA's program right now yes. that needs fixing.
1: One hundred percent, one hundred percent. So that's where we'll end it. Uh this was this was fun got these out the way and now from now on it's just straight tournament talk we'll be back next week with ter- full tournament previews uh march madness time i'm excited uh this is going to be a very very hectic month but we appreciate all y'all for joining us and um supporting us throughout uh these crazy times follow us on twitter at dct basketball follow Ishmael on twitter ishmael r johnson follow me on twitter at Rudy underscore uh check out all the content at textbasketball.com um, uh, again, almost high school, uh, championship time. That's where it should be this weekend. So follow him for that. And yeah, we appreciate y'all for joining us.